yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means we just finished watching Monday Night Raw, so it's time for the Wrestling Inc. Monday Night Raw after show, and have we got a good one for you. Indy Hartwell got involved. We got a new number one contender for the world title. And J.D. McDonough made all of our notes more difficult to write. <laughs> but before we get into all of that, how are you guys doing? Jimmy, how have you been? You, you, you're looking fresh-faced. Oh, well, yeah, a little bit uh, cleaner shaving. Let's put it that way. And uh, it, it feels cooler when you do this. I, I, I didn't realize. I forgot how... Uh, how much heat these things create, not the wrestling kind of heat, but oh well, you never know sometimes, maybe that too. <laughs> I don't know. I, whenever I'm freshly shaven, I always feel like it's weird when anything touches my face. It becomes like a protective barrier. Uh, the so. hard part, the hard part is for the couple of days afterwards when it's starting to grow back in and you know, uh, yeah. for those of you who are married out there, you go to kiss the wife and all of a sudden she goes, Ooh, <laughs> Oh, what are you doing? prickly pear indeed uh justin how you doing see mine prefers a facial hair so that's why it's thicker than it's ever been uh lately <laughs> i i'm good you know I'm, I'm i'm sometimes i'm back and forth on the uh the beer port the side part but i've had the goatee i've been going the goatee since 2009 uh, prior to that it was all baby face but i've been healed since oh i gotta I, if i if i may just jump in here really quickly because back in the day the referees in wwe weren't allowed to have facial hair it was very much frowned upon but my wife wanted the goatee for for our wedding so i went to jr and i said look jr you know this is the deal my wife would like the goatee for the wedding but i can't grow it in like three days you know is 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 as as uh greek as i am <laughs> but uh, so he said okay let me talk to the boss so we talked to the boss and then we went to steph and we talked to steph and then after talking to vince and everything they said okay he can grow the goatee that's not a problem, but guess what? He can't go back. So I kept the goatee on TV because I was told if I grow the goatee and go on TV with it, I'd keep it. You know, it probably wasn't handled this way, Jimmy, but I love the thought of there being an email thread that Jim Ross has got going between Vince McMahon and Stephen McMahon, and it's titled Corderas's Facial Hair. I just love that. Thought. Oh, I could just imagine because that all happened at a TV. <laughs> because everybody was there, right? You know what I mean? So it was easy to do, but uh, yeah. It, was it awkward? Everyone like looking at your face going, hmm, I don't I, know. What are yeah. we going to do? What are we going to no. do that face of yours, Jimmy? <laughs> it was a little bit of that, well, how come he gets to grow one? And I said, well, I can't shave it off now. That's the only problem. And they went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy getting that special treatment all the time, as always. <sighs> Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, excited to be back here. I was off last week. Uh, unfortunately, for anyone who didn't see my I, my my poor doggy uh, laid to rest last week. So uh, a little sad about that. Very sad about that. I'm, I'm gut wrenching about that. But I appreciate all the kind words everyone sent over. Uh, Russell would have loved it. And stalking you whenever you roll through, I'll make sure to double highlight your little doggy emoji this week in honor of my my boy Russell here. But I don't want to bring the mood down. I want to get back into the into the mood of pro wrestling. And we got some news this week, guys, that came in through the uh, through Twitter. I saw it blew up. This is some of the biggest like chatty news that we've had in a little bit here. Um, it was reported that CM Punk and Ryan Nemeth got into an argument on Dynamite in June. And basically, Punk was mad at Nemeth inferring that he was soft on Twitter after the counterfeit Bucks promo. Fightful Select confirmed this happened with Punk saying the promo was a work, but thought Namus' comment was trying to score points with the uh, the elite, and it was divisive. But in the end of the day, apparently they shook hands. Uh, the, there's still tension, though, also apparently, uh, as the report says that Punk doesn't want Nemeth on collision, even if it's in catering. And it was reported that Punk was a significant factor in Nemeth being booked and then changing to be sent home from collision. Then during the wrestling observer radio, uh, Meltzer and Alvarez said that they had heard that it wasn't just him, but also Matt Hardy and Christopher Daniels and Adam page as well. Um, and of course, punk cut a promo on Adam page after collision recently, uh, Justin, this to me, this whole thing going all the way back to brawl out is starting to have shades of bash at the beach to me where we're going to be wondering what was real and what wasn't for a very long time. And maybe we'll never know. 
and yet all this conflict and controversy that the entire AEW universe knows about, and we're not making money off one damn thing. Where CM Punk goes, drama follows. Tell me when I'm telling lies. So what, is he now the doorman at Collision? He stands at the door, you line up at the velvet rope, and he decides, oh, nope, you're, nope, nope, oh, you're booked, nope, we've got a flight for you to go back home. Because that's literally what it sounds like has happened with several guys, is that they showed up and were told, maybe not told why, but were just told, hey, uh, no, you're not needed anymore, go back home. And all of them are believing to be, or or, or I guess in the case of, of Nemeth, that it's because, so now I guess when you watch Saturdays, you can write down and keep score. Those who those talents you see on Saturdays, Punk's okay with them. Everybody else, there's your mystery. It, Jimmy, this is uh, you know I don't know about your friends and family or who you talk mm-hmm. about pro wrestling with, but uh, for the people I talk about with pro wrestling with, they seem divided. Half of them say this is all just a, a work. Half of them say that there's issues that need to be taken care of. Uh, I've, I'm still, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, but I do feel like if this is a work, it doesn't feel like it's going very well because it doesn't feel as just, I don't, I don't feel like I want to spend money on this. It just makes everyone look bad in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And as Justin said, nobody's making money off of this. And yes, I get it. You want to build to that moment where people go, Oh, I got to tune in now because this is happening. This, like you said, Jack, feels like uh, it is dividing the audience, so to speak. Like you said, half think it's uh, they're, they're, they're working everybody and the other half think, uh, you know what, this is all legit. I think some people think they may be working things, but when you let the inmates run the asylum, this is what you can possibly get. The one thing about WWE, like it or not, you knew who the guy in charge was and you didn't want to upset him because he wasn't afraid of any of his talents, to be honest with you. Yes, there were ones he favored, of course, because mm-hmm. they were the ones that, you know, made money for him. So obviously he's going to gravitate towards them. But at the same time, he they all knew he was the boss. But now we have a situation here where there seems to be no locker room leader in the AEW locker room, for example, like at SmackDown, we had SmackDown, we had the undertaker and he wasn't, he didn't choose to be the locker room leader. The locker room chose him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Oh man. Like, like, like Justin said, I don't know what's true and what's not, but the bad thing is uh, this is catering on the internet to a certain audience and the mass audience doesn't know a thing about it so who's benefiting yeah i just assuming this is like i said assuming this is all real and that this stuff's really happening i think well if if you're cutting these promos and no one knows it's supposed to be part of a work or something then you got to tell people that's what you're doing otherwise it does it's no different than what nemesis said about punk on twitter like maybe that was a war who knows you know right Mm. if it's a very dangerous thing to do but if it's if it's all part of the show, I don't I like it just makes me feel rotten on both sides. I don't feel like I don't feel like the elite come off looking cool that CM Punk is making fun of them. And I don't think CM Punk looks cool continuing to take these shots at guys who aren't reciprocating in any way, um, or at least on the TV shows. I don't I don't to be fair, I don't watch being the elite, so I don't know if they're doing stuff on there. But, um, you know, it's just I, I don't know. It just feels yeah, I don't know. I'm not into it. Just not Jack, feeling it. J- Jack, if, if some of the participants involved are treating it like it's a work, not everybody is. And therefore, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Um, if, punk, if Punk thinks that he's going to he's gonna take some shots at Hangman Page in a dark pro, in a promo that airs after they go off the air, if he thinks it's going to drum up, you know, some some underground buzz to, to get this thing, to get this backstage controversy out into the ring and all and and and. and and to sell paper, then everybody needs to be on board, but it clearly doesn't seem that that's the case. Right. Um, it's just, and, and again, you know, like Jimmy said, that you know, there, it, it on, on the flip side, WWE, there's always, you always knew who was in charge. Like at what point, I mean, how, how 
vulnerable and weak of a leader can you make yourself look if you're Tony Khan? I don't care. You could be as passionate as you want to be. That's fantastic. Everybody dreams about being as wrestling super fan as we all are and having a billion dollars to have your own company. That that it's great, awesome. But you have to you have to run it and lead it. And it feels like he just has people that are just running all over him, and he doesn't have. He's not standing up to them and taking control of the situation. I mean, clearly. I mean, I mean, Punk, Punk came back in the middle of June, so we're two months in, mm-hmm. and 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 we're back to where we were almost at this time last year with just a whole lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. That again, mm-hmm. nobody's. <laughs> you know what? If you want to you again? You want to get Punk and Hangman out there for for the show at Wembley? <laughs> All right, let's get some pay per view buys out of it. But that don't right. that doesn't seem like that's happening. Punk's more interested in working with the talent that he sees value in from a wrestling standpoint because he thinks they're good wrestlers. That ain't moving the needle the way that this stuff would if everybody could just get in a room and get on the same page. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Right. Uh, and, right. And maybe and, and who knows? Maybe Punk wants it to happen, but maybe maybe the elites don't trust him. Maybe they don't want anything to do with it. Maybe maybe they. Are resentful of the fact that he's still there and that he wasn't let go. I don't know, but clearly not everybody's on the same page, and you're not going to make you, you're yeah. just you're just paddling upstream. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, is there uh, since you've obviously been at a lot of wrestling shows in your time, probably more than most people on planet Earth, uh, is there something to people showing up? That, let's say they're booked. They they fly out to the arena. They get there. Is it common or ha- does it happen that they're told hey we don't need you go ahead and go go right back home or like it's one of those things that happens all the time but because of the situation we're blowing it out of proportion or is this weird no it, uh, it sending someone home from uh, after flying in it, it usually what happens is if they're not being used whatever for whatever reason whether it's like personal or whether it's just you know they're not written into the show they are still encouraged to stick around because card is subject to change they may need them for something or somebody might come up with an idea and say hey you know what is so-and-so still here let's use them for a backstage segment in, in an interview or something like that so you took the time to fly someone out there you know why would you send them back home it's just right. it's just it, so uh if if this is a big elaborate work it's it's costing money as opposed to <laughs> making money which makes no sense whatsoever yeah, that's and and to me, that's the again. If this is all happening the way it's being presented, uh, that's where not only is it costing the company money, but I believe I'd be. That's where I'd be really frustrated. It's one thing, okay, you're a wrestler, you're taking shots at people on the microphone or whatever. That's one thing, but like now you've taken me away from my family and had me fly out somewhere, and I'm away from my family. I'm away from what I could be doing, and now you're just sending me back. Like that to me is not just disrespectful, but it's also costing people time and money, which is the worst thing you could do to somebody, I think. No, absolutely. And, and, and if it is CM Punk, the one who's causing all this commotion, usually it takes two to tango. But if it is really CM Punk, the instigator, the one stirring the pot here, sometimes you have to, uh, what's the proper phrase I want? I want to say it correctly. Sometimes you have to let something go. Mm-hmm. regardless of the fact like yes he is a a a very uh prominent figure but at the same time uh, for the overall good of your organization sometimes you may have to trim the fat so to speak right right and so um as we get to before we get into the show we do have a super chat from grandma daisy thanks so much for coming through saying evil doink hardcore holly 2024 hall of fame already mm-hmm. getting in those hall of fame uh uh, bids in there. Uh, Grandma Daisy, thanks so much for that. Uh, but Shelbowski, haven't even read it yet. I'm just going to throw it up here. Let's see if it works out. Super chat from Shelbowski, friend of the show, says, uh, off-topic comment, but do you guys know why both AEW and WWE come all the way west to Calgary, but both companies avoided major markets like Vancouver? Does Vancouver have heat? It's happened twice now. Hmm. Jimmy, you would know. No, that, that I... Couldn't tell you the reason for not going to Vancouver, uh, especially you're up in Canada, but they are working their way eastward. I know, well, WWE is because they're going to be here in Toronto on Friday for SmackDown, and then they're heading to Ottawa, Montreal, and, and Ottawa for Raw. So I understand why they're heading this way, mm-hmm. heading east as opposed to west. As for why they haven't done Vancouver, 
I wish I had a better, I wish I had a good reason to tell you why. Just didn't work out in the booking plans. What can I tell you? Yeah, I'm sure something like that is a much bigger question, like what venues are available and costs and mm -hmm. things like that. Probably gets, I'm sure scheduling things like that is a very gnarly, <laughs> confusing Plus, process. And, and I will give you this. I know they were in Calgary and yes, Vancouver is the next province over, but it is a hike through the mountains to drive the equipment from Calgary to Vancouver. So you do have to go across the mountains. Like if you're coming from Seattle, for example, south in the U.S., it's a lot easier to get to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I know Vancouver's a, a popular place to for Hollywood to shoot. I, I know that like, you know, a lot of times they could, there's financial incentives to go to Vancouver and things are shot there. So I, I don't know. I, you'd think that that would also maybe lend itself to entertainment juggernaut like WWE to be there or AEW. But like like Jimmy said, from uh, I've never been to Vancouver, but but as he described and I've heard, it's not, not necessarily the easiest trek. I also know flight-wise, like at least from the east where, where like I'm at currently and, and maybe some talent are coming from if they live in Florida or wherever, like you can sometimes fly and flights cheaper to Paris than you can to Vancouver. <laughs> so I don't know if a flights, if an economics thing came in, I don't know, but that's a great question. Uh, mm -hmm. But Jimmy's point, I guess, wherever you start West, you're going to keep moving East at that point. Yeah. As, as a guy who grew up uh, near Seattle and of course live on the West coast. Now I just wish in general companies came over to the West coast more often, but I also get it. They're all over there. It's expensive. And uh, you got to remember too, to, you know, like you said, time wise, you know, if you're going live at eight o'clock Eastern, that's, uh, <clears throat> what are we talking here five five, five, five mm. yeah a little tougher but yeah they've done it before um so yeah we're gonna get into this show and this episode of course as always i want to thank everyone uh who's with us make sure to like comment share subscribe hit us with a five-star review on apple podcasts uh we also have a a uh i, I believe the survey is still up in the uh description so you can take that and let us know what you think of the show uh if you're in the chat with if you're lurking shout out to all my lurkers out there but thanks to everyone who's chatting as well uh sid fishy that's a name i haven't seen before but bpe baby ice steven camp uh we have blue chew kod dylan matthew shelbowski burner account duca j uh of course tuck graf john jordan huffman elite training ricky zaldivar and so many more thank you guys Big John, appreciate you. Big John in the house of all things. Uh, good to see you guys. Uh, again, like, comment, share, subscribe. And also, uh, it was mentioned in one of the comments uh, on YouTube. Let me know um, that sometimes too many comments get thrown up. Usually, I just throw up most of the comments uh, just because I like to highlight people. But it, let me know if you feel like maybe they come up and they become distracting. Someone had mentioned it might be distracting. So let me know if you think they're distracting. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'll say stuff like, I'll just throw up a lurker here from DJ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh but until then um let's talk about this show already we mm -hmm. start with judgment day judgment day comes out with finn balor and they say hey things haven't been good but we're trying to make it right and so jd mcdonough comes out and tries to make peace but Rhea isn't having it and says they don't take orders from anybody that's when Sami Zayn comes out and brawls with jd who gets no help from the judgment day it eventually goes into a match that uh JD works the arm as much as he can, but it eventually comes down to uh, um, Sami Zayn getting the win. Justin, we see more and more uh, dissension in Judgment Day, but more and more JD poking his head in. Well, I thought it was appropriate to see JD um, McDonough because, I mean, look, he takes out Sami Zayn last week in a backstage, and he's... You know, he's float he's you know he's the guy right now that Finn Balor trusts. So you know it would have been weird if we didn't have JD McDonough on this episode. So I'm glad we did. You know, gave him a little bit of a opportunity to have a live promo. Not the best out there, but he said what he had to say. I actually and the match was really good. I mean it's it's a very simple match to do. You're just working Sammy's elbow, which legitimately is uh, uh got some bursitis into it and looks looks pretty pretty crazy. Uh I, I you know if I can Monday morning quarterback here, Monday morning book, uh or Monday night book, I guess. I I, I think that there would have been a real case here to have JD get the win. I mean, this is his first TV match on Raw that I can recall. Obviously, you know, if you watch NXT, you know him, but this is his first match on Raw, which so largely for some audience, first time seeing him in a ring. And I think with the fact that Sammy's injured, legitimately injured, he's out there braced up and everything. I think between the injury and between some some cheating heel tactics, uh, no harm, no foul. If JD gets the the the, the gets booked to win here. 
Um, it, it's a win for him. Sammy's not going to look, you know, nobody's going to think any less of Sammy Zayn. And as JD's kind of on this, like, you know, campaign quest to maybe try to get in the judgment day, so to speak. Uh, I, I think it, it helps us case. So I, I, you know, that, that's my booking critique. Again, we have the hindsight 2020 luxury, but, um, you know, but, but overall I, I thought it was a very entertaining uh, starting promo and starting, starting match. My camera and my setup is not giving me any love today, you guys. <laughs> my camera's cutting out. Uh, my Siri keeps popping up. I don't know what's going on here, but uh, I'm going to fight through it here. Jimmy, uh, what was your take on this? And what was your t- take on J.D. McDonough getting kind of his first big reps on Raw here against one of their biggest stars? No, he did get a lot of reps, but, he, you know, uh, we often talk on here, and like you said, Justin, maybe it's easy to Monday night or Monday morning quarterback and say, uh, I agree with you that, you know, a heel, a very heelish victory for J.D. McDonough would have helped him tr- immensely. But in the case here, you know, Sammy was booked to go over. Okay, I get that. They had a heck of a match. I like the uh, Sammy selling and the whole bid and all that sort of stuff. But J.D. didn't get over without going over, as we say. Mm-hmm. They didn't. He didn't get elevated. He didn't. Like I said, it was a good match. But it didn't do him any favors. And and you could tell the biggest tell was the crowd. Mm-hmm. The crowd at no point during the match, it seemed like, had an idea that this is, you know, uh, it's something for them to invest in. I mean, right. later on, we could talk about what happens later, later. But at the same time, during this match, which, again, don't get me wrong, I thought it was a good match. It just didn't hit the right notes from a storytelling standpoint, if you get my drift. Yeah. I like what you mentioned about the, you know, not going over in this situation because he's in a story that where he's kind of trying to be in with the judgment day, but they're not, he's not really doing anything that would make me think if I'm the judgment day, maybe we should make an exception. I mean, if he gets a win over Sammy Zayn, then him hanging out makes you go, okay, I don't like this guy, but he's at least getting wins. But if he's losing, then I'm like, well, yeah, I don't want this guy on the team. He's a loser. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't sure about that. Justin, one last thing on this, and I know we'll talk about more about the finish here, but as I was kind of thinking about this, Finn is clearly a bad guy, firmly rooted there. And there seems to be a drive between him and Priest, but it seems like Rhea and Dom, who are also clearly bad guys, are teaming more with Priest than they are with Finn. If this group splits, can they both, be bad guys in the end like what's i feel like it's going to be if it splits it's going to be a weird situation right yeah because you you assume that if there's a if there is a split that it eventually leads to a payoff match that it leads to you know priest and finn they finally all this tension and miscommunication that that's been bubbling up and eventually boils over that you got to have a match uh so i mean it you know it might be the rare situation in wwe that you have uh you have a heel versus heel match and the audience accepts it because not so much that they're necessarily going to, you know, be cheering either one as a baby face, but they're, they, they just want to see these, you know, this, this, this goon squad of judgment days, you know, wreaking terror on everybody for so long. And Dom is such a heel and Rhea's Rhea. And, you know, they, they, they might just want to see them come to blows and they're just going to cheer that they're beating each other up. So, you know, heel versus heel is a very tricky thing, as is face versus face. But this might be a situation where you get away with it because, you know, it's, 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 it's been slow played and it's being done with a group that has been the top TV occupying, you know, group on Monday nights for a year. Um, but I but I do agree. You're right. The dynamics are unusual, but some of that makes it kind of fun because it's not mm-hmm. a it's not traditional. It's a little bit of a you know. There's a lot, and then JD JD's a heel. He's the outside factor now. He's a you know. So right, and, and JD very hard to root for too. I mean, like Damian is clearly like he's he's a bad guy, but he's kind of cool. Like you kind of want to root for him. You know what I mean? Uh, so if he made the switch, he wouldn't have to change a whole lot. And you'd still be like, yeah, but Damian Priest is cool. I like him. Uh, but we, we move on. And Chelsea Green wants to hold Chelsea's Got Talent to find a new partner. Uh, Caden and Katana, they're like, yeah, we'll give you some time to find a partner. Piper Niven says, I'm your new partner. <laughs> Jimmy, I absolutely loved every 
single second of this, but what, what are your thoughts on Piper Niven, new tag team champion? I, I, I don't recall ever, ever seeing a new uh, tag team partner introduce themselves to the team in such a fashion. Uh, it was a unique way of doing it. And uh, it was fun. It was different. You know, you can make the argument, well, wait a minute. They didn't make it really official here with uh, Adam. No, you can see that it was fun. Let's put it that way. It was a fun way to do it. It was different. And it it's it's a nice little spot here for Piper Niven. Yeah, this she made is it, a, sorry, she made an impact yeah. immediately by doing this. Yeah, and Justin, I was gonna say this is uh one, I think we are we're all fans of Piper Niven on this show. Um, as the new champ. Uh, but she I, I love that dewdrop song though. Uh but this is going to add a really fun new dynamic to Chelsea Green's character as well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm for this. You know, uh, I would not be for Dewdrop uh, getting the uh, vacant tag title, but I am for Piper Niven. <laughs> I like it because you know you can actually even uh, take it steps further. The dynamic that they were going for with Sonia and Chelsea, where Sonia's kind of the serious badass and Chelsea's the you know, can I talk to your manager kind of complaining one and then and, and the same thing here, even more, even more so Piper, cause she, you know, can look even more dominant just, just on her, um, on her size and stature. Uh, so I, I like the impact as, as Jimmy said, I can't ever recall <laughs> an introduction <laughs> quite like this for, uh, and you know, this is where, uh, to, to, to take the popular phrase, uh, you know, next, next, next man up, next woman up, you know, Sony got hurt. You got to keep going. I'm glad they're not punishing Chelsea by taking the tag titles off of them both. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 all for to see where this goes. Uh, I just hope it seems like there's a curse in the dark cloud that's been following these women's tag titles around. I just hope that like nothing, you know. I hope everybody stays healthy and nothing freak happens here in the next few weeks to further call an audible. Yeah, I think this is going to be so much fun with these two because now Chelsea's got some muscle too. That like when she wants something, she has someone who can make it happen. Uh, Sonia could have been that, but I don't think her character necessarily was playing that. If that makes sense, where Piper definitely is the you know if you're not going to call your manager, I'm going to do something person in this situation, which will be really fun to see. It'll be fun to see her maybe bully Chelsea a little bit. Um, speaking of Chelsea, a lot of people are talking about Matt Cardona in the chat as well. Quick plug. I got to chat with Matt Cardona here for wrestling Inc. So if you want to see that interview, check it out on wrestling Inc. It's, it's on the YouTube page somewhere. Go, go look for it. You're, you know how to use YouTube. You're here now. So go do it. Um, we got a, uh, a very interesting segment here, a couple segments that sort of ran together. I'm going to go through them real quick and then we'll backtrack, but Imperium. We get a video of an Imperium that reminds us that Gunther is a very dominant intercontinental champion. And we're 25 days away from him breaking the all-time record, I believe they said. Uh, now, I guess the only thing that stands between him and that is Chad Gable. Alpha Academy comes out, challenges Giovanni Vinci. Ludwig Kaiser runs down the Academy and spits some game to Maxine uh, before we get Gable versus Giovanni. Um Gable gets the win there, and then we get Otis versus Gunther. Gunther gets the win there before Alpha Academy chases him off. Uh, Justin, for a long time, Judgment Day was sort of holding the most of Raw together, but it feels like Imperium has taken that role now. Well, I don't know about taking the role, but they certainly have. They're 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 there. They're they they have they've they're occupying some segments. I mean, uh, yeah, and you know they they teased. You know, Vinci's just been disappointing Gunther, and uh, you know, so they really kind of tease that the you know, and then they they kind of went, they kind of pick it back up to something they did earlier in the summer that they then kind of abandoned is like you know the teasing of Vinci being out. So you know, there's that drama there. Uh, as you said, <clears throat> Gunther's approaching uh, the honky tonk man's uh, record. Look, but I, I gotta say this. It feels again this IC title, you know, both Gunther and and the, and the time that's been put into his title reign, and, and also they're building Chad Gable up, and he's feel like he feels like a like I personally I think they're this close. I don't see them taking the title off of Gunther, but I can see to an audience of making people believe and get behind Chad Gable as they are. I can see how you know a couple of good false finishes you might get people to bite and pop and think, oh, this is the end. Uh, it, it it feels like it could be, you know. A co-main event, you know. I I I had thought earlier in the night that 
wow, okay, the next, again, PLEs here in Pittsburgh, it's payback. This could be one of the top featured matches. Is, is, is can Gunther get to, you know, he's got to go through Chad Gable. Uh, and but they announced that it's actually going to happen next week. Now, whether or not it actually happens in earnest or whether, you know, Vinci and Kaiser beat the hell out of Gable before he even makes it to the ring and that then has to delay the match to payback and maybe maybe there's a gimmick or something to help keep it honest. We'll see. But it but it, whenever it happens, it feels like it, you know, this is main event quality for all the, all the reasons I said. This now everyone in the chat let me know if i'm right about the 25 days uh for gunther before he breaks the record and is that when is payback is that before or after that 25 day mark it'd be before paybacks uh saturday labor day weekend so september 2nd okay so that means yeah that you know what payback could actually be if you have chad gable versus gunther for the intercontinental title at payback knowing that the record is right around the corner that to me is must must see that's that's price of admission because you might you might see him basically clench the all-time record or you might see it end just short um and i don't i love seeing records broken but at the same time i'd kind of like to see gunther just lose it getting so close and falling short uh jimmy what say you you can make an argument for either way and like you said is it's all on how you build that momentum heading into like we said tonight 25 days until that record is broken and you just keep counting that down and you you know you i know it sounds bad but you just pound it in there and just make sure that the audience is aware that we're getting this close to this record held for so long by the honky tonk man and use ways to get around it like you said next week it's supposed to be the match between uh you know, uh, Gunther defending against Chad Gable. Maybe something happens during the match and we don't get the match, which continues the story going forward, leading to a uh, specific type of match. Let's say um, that we had recently an MMA rules match. Why not uh, have them take the ropes down and have kind of like an amateur wrestling style match? Yeah, that would be different. That would be different. Uh, yeah. And that crowd would be so behind Chad Gable. But uh, Justin, you were about to say. I was going to say, if my, if my math is right, so I believe 25 days from now would be Friday, September 8th. So it would be the Friday after, six days after payback. Right. So, yeah, I mean, payback or then the Raw on September 4th, Labor Day, though, Labor Day Raw, yeah. would be would be the last line of defense for, for Gunther to lose it. But, you know, what? I'm going to say he's had, you, he's had it this long, this dominant, you know, smart, wise. It's known that he is a, he, he is somebody who Triple H really likes and values. I, I I don't I I can see why. I don't think there's a ton of people in Stanford that are shake rattle and rolling and want to protect the honky tonk man's uh, <laughs> legacy in the record book. So I think that they're fine with crossing out honky's name and uh, putting somebody new on the record book for the IC mm -hmm. title. In your busy day to day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a three in one smart lock, two K camera, and doorbell. That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision, 2K clear sight, and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Uh, it'd be interesting to see Honky Tonk Man somehow get involved or do something. Um, mm with this but I, i'm not holding my breath for it what um, if what if he shows up and a guitar shot is the reason he loses that championship <laughs> just say I mean, yeah well, i want to see, see otis shake rattle and roll with him oh yeah 
<laughs> well, Otis, I, I, I do want to ask real quick, you guys, uh, Jimmy, I'll start with you. Uh, Gio, Giovanni Vinci um, has, uh, Gunther's been great. Ludwig's been great. Giovanni Vinci hasn't done anything wrong, but the other two seem to be shining. Did he help himself and do himself any favors tonight, Jimmy? Uh, Storyline wise, no. But uh, the other thing that he's not helping himself with is he hasn't been vocal at all. Mm-hmm. And you need to be an all-around player for you know people to get behind you or to want to boo you, whatever the case may be. People are not buying into Vinci, in my opinion, because they're not hearing anything from him. And we saw that Ludwig was able to speak tonight and get some reaction from that crowd, which was uh, at times hard to get a reaction from tonight in Winnipeg. But, uh, you know, and Gunther, of course, you, you hear him on the mic. You don't hear from, from Vinci at all. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, a few months ago, it was like, okay, you had Gunther, and then I literally just you know, summed it up as, here's your two henchmen that have European names. Mm-hmm. Kaiser has managed to carve out a niche with the way that he introduces Gunther, the way he walks even, the way he talks, and, you know, like, I'm, you know, Vinci's just he's just very generic now i mean i'm not you know i'm not suggesting you know he take on like a stuttering gimmick uh shout out <laughs> matt morgan uh, but, but we need something i need to i need to somehow be able to hear his voice in my head i can hear kaiser's voice now yeah i can't i, I if i shut my eyes and you and, and you, you you give me a usual sex uh, suspects lineup i can't pick vinci out of a lineup one thing i heard about wrestlers that these shows think about is like if you were to digitally just turn them into a black silhouette as they were walking out to the ring or doing something, could you tell who they are simply by the silhouette? And I think that that's one of the things mm-hmm. I miss with Giovanni Vinci. Now, Kaiser, you instantly know who that is, the way he walks and the mm-hmm. way he carries himself. Uh, and there's a lot of people who have that, but I, d- I do think Giovanni Vinci needs something to sort of make him seem different. He needs to stand out in the airport. Right. Right now, if I'm standing next to my baggage claim, I'm not batting an eye. You're just saying, ah, there's another gym guy. Right. But unless I'm meeting my Cinnabon from the airport. You know, uh, and as I look at that guy, I'm like, oh man. If I see Kaiser in his full on strut and I hear him talking as he's trying to find his bag of the badge claim, I'm taking notice. Right. Uh for my comic book movie nerds uh, out there, mm-hmm. I was watching today and I was thinking Gunther's very much the Thanos, but uh Ludwig's very much the Loki, where he's maybe not as dangerous, but he's something about him is charismatic and fun, and you're interested in what he's doing. And him hitting on Maxine in such a g- gross way is just great. Like he just seems like a horrible person. And I think you, you got money with Ludwig. Obviously you got it with Gunther, but I think you got money with Ludwig. I think he's going to have mm-hmm. a very, you could do some very good things with him. I think. Yeah. He upped his value tonight. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. And so we move on to Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle. Uh, They decide to be a tag team. The Glass Bros, I guess, uh, they're going by. Uh, Drew wasn't really eager to be a tag team partner, but Matt Riddle somehow convinced him to do it. They have a match with the Viking Raiders. They get the win. Later, they're talking about being tag team champs when the New Day, complete with white folding chairs uh, on top of all pop culture as they always are, uh, say that they want to have a match next week. Uh, Justin, I'll be honest, the whole time I was waiting for Drew McIntyre to claim more Matt Riddle. Was I the only one? No, I kind of was. You know, it's an oddball pairing, but look, we've seen oddball pairings. Dana Bryan Kane, Riddle, Randy Orton, MJF, Adam Cole. It, it tends to work in a certain magic. So it is what it is. Shout out to Michael Cole, who he had the best in the suggestion box for the tag team name of the Scottish Highlanders. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cole, that, that's yep. why he's the GOAT. That's yeah. why- <laughs> He, pop, he, he popped Wade Barrett, if, if you go back and listen to it. Yes. Right. <laughs> Michael Cole's been on another level for the past few years. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's really turned – he's always been good, but I think he's really turned it to another level here. Uh, Jimmy, do you like the pairing of Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre as a team? Let's say they're not breaking up. Let's say they're going to go the distance for a little bit. Do you like it? Yeah, I don't mind it. I, it two different – complete. when you talk about two different personalities, you couldn't get any more different than those two, that's for sure. And it, the only question I have is the backstage segment with them and the New Day. Here we got, again, two babyface tag teams, and they want to fight each other on TV for a spot against the tag team champions or whatever the case may be. I Who do I cheer for? You know what I mean? Yeah. As a fan – 
who do I want to see win? But that's the whole lot. You, you, we talk about, you know, getting fans invested. It's, it's, it's a weird kind of dynamic with these two teams, unless somebody, you know, breaks out and does a little something different. But uh, other than that, I find the team very entertaining. And that line by Cole, uh, yes, like you guys said, <laughs> was fantastic. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with these guys. And I'm curious to see how the reaction is next week with these two teams facing each other on Monday night. It'll be interesting to see how the crowd reacts for sure. Mm -hmm. um, do we know how long uh, Kevin Owens is out for and how, or how long Sammy's going to be kind of, because I was thinking as we, we got these tag teams and they're kind of stuck with the tag team champs being injured. Um, and obviously if, if they're going to be back in a week or two, then no big deal. But like, if it's going to be a long time, then it might be a little bit of an issue um, long-term, but Viking Raiders seem to be having trouble getting going, but there's a lot of other tag teams going right now. So mm -hmm. I guess it's good. Uh, Indy Hartwell, she gets a little promo package and then it looks like she's going to end up getting a shot at Rhea Ripley uh, since Raquel Rodriguez is still injured. Um, Hartwell gets a little bit of an offense in, but this is really the Rhea show. And Rhea gets the win. Candice and Hartwell team up to take Rhea out after the match before running off. Maybe don't take her out, but stop her from beating up Indy Hartwell. Uh, Jimmy, is it a good thing or a bad thing that Indy Hartwell found herself across the ring from Rhea Ripley in her essentially debut? I think she was on before, but this feels like a re-debut. Yeah, because uh, th this was a spotlight match. So mm -hmm. for her to shine a little bit in this match, would a little bit more at least put it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was very much uh, a, a, an enhancement match mm -hmm. for uh, Rhea. Do you know what I mean? For her to, yeah. to get a dominant win. Uh, is there no one else on that on that women's roster that could have fit in that spot better? Especially when you got someone, like you said, almost a debut situation and you want her to make an impact. And she, you could tell, again, you, the crowd told the story there. They were quiet through this whole thing. Well, I mean, I think, Justin, because they knew the outcome in this one. But I will right. say, I, I do think going into this match, I was thinking it's been a while since we've seen Rhea destroy someone in the ring, it felt like, Justin. I mean, Indy, unfortunately, drew that straw. But I think Rhea kind of needed this kind of win, right? Yeah, you know, we've seen her, you know, attack Liv and those those to disguise because Liv, I think, was injured. And we've seen her you know, attack Raquel and Raquel's, you know, so yeah, I mean, you, you got to give the people a match, especially, you know, Rhea looks, Rhea didn't have a match at SummerSlam. So give the people a match, uh, but yeah, it was very much just kind of a, a glorified squash match. And, um, you know, I'm a fan of Raquel, Raquel. She's got a real baby face quality to her to where I don't think right now, but I think that if they can keep momentum with her, even if, even if she fails to beat Rhea now, I think she has something. She she really has a sparkle, and, and that sounds really weird. Mm -hmm. But she has, I, I, she has there's there's a, there is a a blossoming it factor I could get with Raquel that I could see her being a baby, and then maybe and maybe come back around around Mania season next year. You built up the proper thing, and it's like now she is a threat to Rhea. I, I just I don't I don't, I really feel Rhea is in a class of her own. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen it. We've seen her work, Charlotte. We've seen you know it's, it's almost like. I mean, Trish is a heel right now, but it's almost like I need like a really bona fide Hall of Famer to go up against Rhea for me to even feel any bit of Rhea being threatened. Rhea just feels like she's on another level. I had a conversation the other day with somebody who's a very, very casual fan that literally is just kind of like coming back in because they're hearing some of the buzz of of WWE and pro wrestling right now. And then they asked me about, I think they're, they're I'm paraphrasing, but you know, well, what's the what's the story with that 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 goth girl? She just she she looks like she kicked most of the dudes' ass. And it's like, yeah, she she has a little bit of that special aura that China kind of had of like, she's just something different. She doesn't look like all the other girls. She looks like she could hang and probably beat some of the dude's ass. But then from a visual just standpoint, she's still, you know, attractive and you got to see her for those. It's like you can't you can't turn away from her. You want to see her kick somebody's ass. You want to see her whispering to Dirty Dom's. Uh, you're, you you just you want to see her, right? And 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 that's that's it's a visual business. Again, she is the ultimate airport test uh, <laughs> when you see her. I mean, so she she's just firing on all cylinders. And I the WWE's have to do some work on trying to generate anybody with real 
with real serious intentions to beat her. I, I, I don't yeah. want to say it, you know? I mean, yeah, I think looking at the raw, on the raw roster right now, I think really you've got Becky, you've got, I mean, I don't know where Shayna is supposed to be in all this, but she did just beat Ronda Rousey, so I guess she'd be considered someone who's up but there. It feels like, but it feels like they've gone right back to having Shayna be a heel. Right. Even though she right. kind of came off as the face to the crowd in that one, mm-hmm. but it feels like they've gone right back to her being heel, and she probably serves better as a heel, quite frankly. Uh, right. So, you know. I mean, then, of course, Raquel. But Raquel, I feel like you got to save, with all due respect to you know payback in, in your hometown, Justin, I feel like, Raquel Rhea is a big four kind of matchup. Right. Uh, yeah. So you got to hold that one off. And I think you can only do so many videos where like, you're still not cleared, Raquel, <laughs> you know? Uh, so yeah, interesting spot to be in. I guess a good spot to be in, but mm-hmm. t- tough, tough spot there. Um, Rhea's a star though. I mean, good spot to be in. <laughs> Have someone who's too big of a star is always a good sign. Um, we got Shinsuke Nakamura coming out and says that he basically attacked Seth Rollins because he wants a title shot. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out and says, okay, no problem. <laughs> and uh, then uh, Nakamura whispers something to Rollins and it rattles him before Shinsuke kicks him in the face. Justin, you said something about this segment on Twitter. And I think we kind of had the similar process watching this. Kind of walk me through what you thought during this, this segment. Yeah. So obviously that's the question. Why? Okay. Why does he turn? And, and they, they, I was a little surprised. First off, they put Nakamura out there uh, for a live interview with Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. He's not known for uh, Nakamura's not known for his, you know, electrifying promos. He's he's known for his electrifying body language and his performance in the ring. But so that was caught me right there. So all right, pressure's on. You're live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at first I thought it was just kind of lazy. Michael Cole's asking him the basic questions, and Nakamura is answering answering long-winded in Japanese, given maybe a little bit of shorthand English of I want the title. It just it just felt like, okay, here's the lazy, you know, he speaks, English is not his first language, so we're going to give, we're going to have him speak that language. Nobody in the Winnipeg speaks Japanese. So nobody understood, like, it just felt kind of lazy. It's like, ah, this is just, this is really, Seth comes out, and then it picked up. The, the you know, Seth saying, you beware, beware what you wish, wish for, you want it, you got it. And then Nakamura whispering something that gets in Seth Rollins, who is this, you know, eccentric character, gets in Seth's head. And Seth really sold it with the facial expressions. Props mm-hmm. to him, props to the cameraman, props to the truck for grabbing. He sold it. And commentary did their narration too. And then Nakamura attacks him. And so now I'm like, okay, we got a title match coming inevitably. What did he say? What what could he have possibly said that got Seth Rollins jarred like that? So right. It seemed lazy at the start. Now I'm actually really interested in this segment for next week. I'm really interested to hear the next advancement of this. Hope they follow up and give give me something that I feel worthwhile. But it, it went from lazy to, okay, I'm on the hook. Yeah, Jimmy, what do you think Shinsuke said? And do you think it did Ooh. he did he tell Seth Rollins what exactly Brock Lesnar was mad at Cody about? No, I I wish, uh, again, that's the magic of this whole segment. You know, everybody, like Justin said, you're watching it and you're going, huh, mm, okay, yeah, they're doing their deal. And so, and that, like, the big thing was not just the whisper, but like Justin said, the reaction, how he reacted to what was said. And it threw him completely off and he dropped his guard, which was enough for Shinsuke to hit that, um, uh, what's he, what's he called the kick? Oh, my. Kinshasa. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And, and lay him out again. And it's got people going, Ooh. And like you said, the, the one thing that's coming out of that whole thing was, I want to find out not only what happens when these two get in the ring, but I want to know what the heck he said to him. It's going to come out eventually. It has to leak out or, or you know, but maybe, maybe they can tease it for a little while. Shin whispered. It's X, not Twitter. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone in the chat uh, or everyone who's watching this later, leave a comment and let us know what you think Shinsuke said to uh, to Seth Rollins. In fact, let us know what he probably didn't say, but it's funny. You know, Leave a funny comment about what, what Shinsuke right. may have said to Seth Rollins to rattle him that way. But this Jim- is what... Jimmy oh. Corderas is going to have a shaved goatee tonight. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's that, that would make sense. That would rattle Seth Rollins. <laughs> hey, tri Triple J what? is coming back tonight. What? There it is. What? <laughs> like, I got to get back to the computer so I can watch. Right. Uh, that the, the most heel thing that Shinsuke ever did was knock him out so he couldn't watch our show. He's mm. going to miss half of it before he wakes up. Uh, but this is what WWE has been really good about lately, though, is these little things, these little breadcrumbs that make you go, oh, I am interested in seeing what happens next, as opposed to just, can they coexist? You know, as we've seen so many times. Spoiler alert, they cannot. Um, speaking of people who can't coexist, The Miz is still upset about L.A. Knight. Nailed the segue uh, from last week. So um, he says he's going to beat someone bigger than L.A. Knight has ever beaten next week and just keeps this thing going. Jimmy, who do you think he's facing next week? Oh, that's a good question. He, if he's talking big, do we get a, a Braun Strowman, somebody like that? I don't know. I just, uh, it, it's got to be somebody, you know, maybe Physically somebody from the past. Uh, if it comes out, maybe maybe he, he he's talking about a bigger star. Mm -hmm. See, I'm I'm going opposite. I think Miz is going to beat somebody like Akira Tozawa. And he's going to then proclaim how, how many times Cesaro was the 24-7 champion or something like that. And that's, you know. Okay. Or he can bring out Dylan Postal and uh, say, you know, <laughs> something like that. I, uh, yeah, I'd be interested because, yeah, Justin, I mean, he said bigger. So I initially thought it was going to be like a big person, but that's not a Miz move. To because I thought maybe it'll be Omos who returned recently, but Miz isn't going to book himself against no, Omos. No, that's crazy. No, no, no. no uh, I, I think in mean, typical Miz fashion, he's going to. He's gonna line up, you know. He's, he's gonna he's a Gilberg, you know. He's yeah. gonna line something. <laughs> oh, up. yeah. You oh, know. and yeah. Stephen Camp uh, came in with. There, the there we go, Stephen, right there. With me. <laughs> uh, so that'll be fun, though. Again, this is one of those little fun things. I think I wasn't here last week. I thought Miz and LA Knight absolutely killed it last week. I I don't mm. you know, I th I thought those guys are gonna. They're both gonna be bigger stars after it's mm. over. Jack, uh, please tell me that when you're DJing, you're uh, you you've incorporated the yeah into your yeah, mic. of course. <laughs> Did you guys see the um? It was shared on Twitter a couple days ago. Did you guys see the TikTok that's going around of the girl who <laughs> she's complaining to her to her phone about like how like her husband won't stop saying this word and it's really annoying and like he's saying it in every context and she's like but he like he watches wrestling so like she's like is a wrestler like say and then so she's and then she films them and like. He like he's doing like all these just random things. He's talking to the dog. He's like taking the trash out. He's making dinner, whatever. And and, and during all of it, it's, it's yeah. He's just nonstop. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. I don't know. It's just it works. It, it, yeah, LA Knight, man. I, he's good for him. Um, we got a match that this really kind of threw me off at first, but uh, Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch, not the main event. I know Twitter mm. was a a stir about them not main eventing after getting bumped from SummerSlam. Uh, Trish tries to use her mask to get an advantage, but it doesn't work. They fight for a while until they go to the outside and get counted out. Uh, the fight continues in the crowd, and then Zoe Stark gets involved because they're no longer at ringside. Mm -hmm. Later, Pierce says it's happening again in a steel cage. Justin, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I feel like I'm ready for this one to, to wrap up. What do you What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, but I would also say this: what, well, yeah, when I saw the time that it was being put on the show, I, that that was peculiar to me. I'm like, this is this this has got to be, but I didn't know how because you know, Zoe's banned from ringside. So I was like, all right, what kind of shenanigans are we going to get? Is there going to be a, a third woman introduced here? Um, so again, I can only again we're we're still waiting for a match to be announced for payback. I mean, we 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 can speculate Shinsuke versus Seth. We can speculate maybe Gable versus Gunther gets there. We can speculate LA Knight versus Miz. I'm I'm speculating my card here in Pittsburgh, but they haven't given me anything uh, for sure. Uh, so maybe they you know they didn't actually say we know we're going to see Trisha Becky again, but we they did not say when. They just said that it's going to be in a cage. So maybe they do advertise that for a ple and uh, we can finally get some finale b I, I agree i don't know how much more we can milk out of this one yeah um i think jimmy people will be happy that they're gonna get a big match kind of payoff but 
this one, I feel like they've run into each other about 700 times at this point. Yeah, it felt weird, too. It, it, you saw the introduction for Trish, and you know how it is up here in Canada, when it, regardless of whether they're heel or babyface, the Canadians get a, a reaction. I didn't hear that reaction for Trish. And, yes, Becky did get a pop, but not the pop. I was. It, it just felt weird, like the crowd, again, was not invested in this match and, I, I, for some reason. No, go ahead. No, sorry, I didn't mean to, to cut you off there, but it was oh. very, I just feel like it's, this, this has been drawn on. Like, I feel like we kind of know how it's all going to go down in the end and that's okay sometimes, but you kind of need to wrap it up at some point where yeah. I, I feel like this could have wrapped up not SummerSlam, but the show, bef the big show before that, like at Money in the Bank or something. Hmm. I get what you're saying, but it, why not even the post SummerSlam Raw? Right. I, I and I appreciate them. I appreciate you know, look taking gorgeous Trish Stratus and putting her behind the, the mask and the the, the, the face needs protecting. And then, mm -hmm. you know, I appreciate the attempt of her being a heel and trying to, you know, uh, have something here special with Becky. But I go back to what I, I think I asked you guys months ago when we saw that this is the route they're going. How many people want to boo Trish Stratus? Right. <laughs> I just don't know what's there. You know what I mean, and and it's not to say that Trish isn't trying, and she's had she's had some good promos along the way. So it's not like she's not invested to try to make the thing work. I just don't. I mean, you know, she's Trish Stratus. I mean, I don't. It's just that that's a that's you know, she came in and she was a good heel when she came in, uh, but then she exploded as Trish Stratus, and you know, it's she's kind of almost in that Rey Mysterio rarefied air of you. You just it's, you're going to be hard to. Sellers anything but a baby face yeah. to the crowd. And and, and I, I get wanting to see this end, but uh, I know a lot of people are going to complain about the double countout decision here, but I thought it doesn't happen in a lot. So it's okay in this situation if you're going to get that, let's, the the, the rivalry ending match, whatever the stip they said with the steel cage, that stipulation. So, yeah. yeah. I think, oh, I think this, is fine. I just think it should, should have happened a month ago <laughs> is, is, is where I'm at. And, and as far as just, I'm with you on Trish. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm rooting for Trish in this one. I know logically probably not going to go her way, but I'm rooting for Trish. I know baby ice is baby ice is my supporter <laughs> rooting for Trish in the chat. Um, but uh, I'm I, Cause even she, Trish does things that I know are supposed to be like bad guy things, but you're right. You kind of, I kind of cheer for her when she does them. I'm like, he, he that was a good one. You know, instead of being like, oh, a jerk, you know, um, in any case, we get we move on to our main event. It's a uh, judgment day throughout the night. They're upset that Finn was helping J.D., but not them. And then Rhea's trying to hold things together and J.D.'s trying to help. But Priest chases him off and Finn's like, look, let's get back on the same page. Let's work against Cody Rhodes. They have the main event and uh, eventually it all comes down to. Judgment Day trying to help Finn, but again, when when Damian Priest tries to help out, it only causes heartache. Uh, Cody Rhodes gets the win, and JD tries to help them when Sammy shows up, but they don't want his help, so they just handle beating up Sammy and Cody on their own. Uh, Justin, this has been a this one has been going on for a long time, but this I'm still interested in. Um, how do you feel about this? addition of jd to judgment day and or not addition or, or this slowly boiling tension well, yeah like i said earlier when we started talking about raw i i like the jd dynamic i like you know i, I like that um and i like the dynamic of going around of i thought the finish of the match very simple easily executed you know distractions there and and priest is going to help him and and he slope he slides a briefcase a little bit too hard and and, and cody gets it um what kind of took me out of, I don't know if it took me out, but what kind of threw me for a loop to this is that I thought, okay, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? He just calls Finn again, he, you know, Cody. And, and so I thought, like, and then when I saw the match ended, when I saw what time it was, they still had like four minutes left. I'm like, okay, they've given this enough time to where we are going to see the explosion between Priest and Finn. They are going to be, they're going to be at each other's throats and Rhea and Dom are going to have to, take sides or pull apart whatever but no we actually what ended up happening the you know, as you said the beat to, what ended up happening is judgment day stood tall you know they ended up beating the they, they continued to beat the crap out of cody sammy comes out to beat the crap out of uh, sammy jd's kind of looking on like he wants to be the cool kid that wants to sit at the table with them 
I, I, I did not expect what happened at, at, at uh, 10.56 Eastern time and, and Finn lose the match. I did not expect four minutes later him to be standing strong in unison with the group. Now, I'm sure that they will address, once again, the miscommunication, but it, it just it, it felt like that ending tonight would have been the ending. And then again, that just boils over to so that that threw me. I did not expect that the final four minutes just kind of seemed a little inconsistent to me. Hmm. Um, yeah, Jimmy, I will say this time around, I got to blame Finn here. He should have had that briefcase. This falls on his shoulders. Yeah, he 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 let it go right through his and through the five hole too, as we said yeah. too. You know, uh, yeah, you can't right. let him go through the five hole. So, right. um, but you know, that's hockey, folks. Yeah, hockey, hockey. It's a hockey reference. Thank you very much. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the the thing I liked about JD in this situation was was that confident look he had. It just mm-hmm. felt different when he came out. To, you know, and he was standing in the ring and leaning, you know, after doing, you know, that giving his help, leaning on the ropes and having that confident look that did more than his talking earlier in the night. Mm-hmm. You know, that felt different. And, you know, and of course, Michael Cole, the announcer's job is to help tell the story. It, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we have a United Judgment Day saying that at the end. Yes, they look like a United Judgment Day. But now the question is, who's leading Judgment Day? You know what I mean? Right. It's got the, the questions are still there, even though they still they look like at the end of the night they were on the same page, at least for the end of Raw. I like that you mentioned JD leaning there because I thought that was cool. Because usually in the, that situation, because he helps and they're like, "Hey, we don't need your help." Usually they do the thing where they roll the outside and kind of okay, whatever. They mm-hmm. hold their hands up and walk away. But him leaning in the corner, kind of like, "Fine, I'll let you guys do it." I mean, mm-hmm. I set it up, but yeah. Pick pick up the pieces with that uh, confident look on his face. You know, just little things again. Yeah, it was uh, that was very interesting. But yeah, I do. This is another thing where I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on on board for the slow breakup. Like they're gonna like the, they're gonna need to clash at some point. They're gonna need to hash this out at some point. Um, but we'll we'll see how that goes. I, I'm still on board for it though. Not quite like I'm ready for Trish and Becky to be finished. By the way, I missed the deal with the lemons. What was this? What's the lemon bit with uh, with Becky and Trish? The well, the lemon bit is uh, it's a Becky kind of leaning into the internet and to Triple H. So, when SummerSlam came, when, when we got to SummerSlam and they, they only had the eight matches they did, and like Becky did not have a match with Trish at SummerSlam, and and there's some matches that were let that didn't happen at SummerSlam that people thought would be on the card. And so, then Becky tweeted a photo of her at home, SummerSlam weekend. It was her in the kitchen, and she was cutting up lemons, making lemonade. Well, then cut to the post-SummerSlam press conference. Triple H was prompted with a question of, like, you know, did you cut matches? There's only, there was eight tonight, but there was, you know, maybe. The, and he kind of said, look, we only we advertise what we advertise. We know there was never other, more any more matches that we whatever. And he, and he even used the phrase, sometimes you just got to make lemon, 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 you got to, you got to make lemonade out of your lemons or something like seeming to acknowledge the picture and so then last week becky was on commentary she had lemonade for the commentators at the commentary desk and so she's she's leaning into it uh it would seem i'm just surprised nobody came out with the lemonade that cool refreshing drink (laughs) that that was a good um yeah i didn't i didn't know the whole story but that it's that's fun yeah make lemons out of lemonade out of lemons um but yeah that's the show this was a interesting um everyone's talking about your hat Justin, I'm going to, I'm going to confess something. I have the little like timer above your head, so I can't actually see your hat in, in my view, but Oh, I got the Under Armour hat. Okay, cool. I mean, I wrote, I mean, I, every show I have red, I have white, I have blue, I have black. I usually just, I have, I have a gray with USA. I just rotate Under Armour. Uh, you know, I did red tonight yeah. because it's Monday Night Raw and I'm wearing yeah. some, some red in my ACDC shirt here. Um, it's uh yeah so everyone's everyone's loving your hat this week Justin um but uh yeah overall I don't know if this is the greatest episode of Raw but it kept me entertained I'll be honest I had to catch up on a lot of wrestling today so I I had wrestling on all day so by the time Raw started I had already been watching a lot of wrestling so it felt kind of like a long show to me but that's not Raw's fault uh but Justin uh, how did you feel about this week's episode and uh where can we find you online No yeah, it was okay it was what it was again we got a couple weeks still to a premium love event so they got to kind of you know fill some fill some some spots and some spaces, uh, you know, but I didn't, I, I certainly didn't hate it. I, I critiqued what I critiqued and 
we'll see where we go from here. Uh, yeah, at Justin Labar across the socials here on Monday nights, here on Wednesday nights. Uh, most Friday mornings, I'm on Busted Open, Sirius XM, Channel 156, Spar with Labar. Um, then, yeah, there it is. ACDC is the best all-time classic. Hell, yeah. <laughs> um, is there an ACDC reference I missed along the way? I love ACDC. Oh, duh. okay. Duh, you got yeah. it. Shook me on that. Well, there you go. Bam. I'm a back and black fan myself. But uh, Jimmy, uh, how about you? What did you think of this week's episode? And where can the world find you online? It was okay. It, it, it was. It, it had its moments. And again, like Justin said, it, it had stuff that you can critique. The the biggest telling factor for me was, you know, I thought not being in Winnipeg for a long time, I thought the crowd would be a little more live, and that they they were. Uh, I hate to say it, a little disappointing. They were oh. quiet for a lot of stuff. That maybe, uh, maybe we know now why they don't go to Winnipeg too often. There you go. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they don't, I go for the Pony Corral, but that's a different story altogether. But um, anyway, uh, as far as where you can catch me, you can catch me here on Monday nights with Triple J, and on Wednesday nights uh, after AEW Dynamite, you can catch me on the Reffing It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, uh, Brian Hebner. Last week we talked to Renee Dupree. This week we got Garrett Bischoff. Oh, who uh, who we're going to chat with. And um, of course, you know, you can catch me on, on all my social media platforms doing my ref and rants, my critiques. It's only a minute long from Monday to Friday. And again, little critiques, not to tear down, but to help tighten screws that I believe need tightening. Well, always good to see. I can't wait to see that uh, Garrett Bischoff interview. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks for everyone in the chat. I thought it was a, a solid show. And you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. And you can check out my interviews with uh, NWA champ Camille, as well as former NWA champ Matt Cardona chatting all about the big upcoming NWA 75. Uh, on wrestling Inc. also got another interview tomorrow that should be pretty interesting but i don't know i don't know if i'm allowed to say what it is so i'm, I'm gonna keep it quiet you're gonna have to keep your eyes peeled it's gonna be a fun one though um but thank you to everyone in the chat make sure to like comment share subscribe we got sylvan specter we got tut graph killer a demon dream Realm studios conrad thompson i don't know if that's the real conrad thompson <sighs> Conrad, you got. If you're the real Conrad, you got to hit a like on one of my tweets just so I know it's the real you, just to make sure it's the real you. But if you're the fake Conrad Thompson, hit the like, comment, share, subscribe button too. It still counts for the same. Uh, Ricky, I've, I've been around the real Conrad Thompson. It's hard. It's hard to fake and be impersonate him. He he's one of a kind. Yes, mm. uh, but he's asking. Well, I need to get some stuff on. My, I do need to get some stuff on my walls. But uh, I keep saying, I'm going to decorate this wall soon enough, but it stays completely bare. Uh, I can barely get my camera to work. Yeah, give me some time. <laughs> let's, let's take it slow for a little bit. But uh, thank you to everyone for joining us. That does it for uh, for this week. We will see you all tomorrow for the NXT after show. And make sure to follow at Wrestling Inc. Until next time. <laughs>